0: Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the CX Core Keeper podcast. Your host, Greg, will have smart discussions with friends, experts, and thought leaders on customer experience, transformation, and leadership. Please follow this podcast on your preferred platform. I am sure you will enjoy the next episode with the guest I selected for you. Ladies and gentlemen, today it's really a big, big pleasure because I have Lou Carbon together with me. Hi, Lou. How are you? I'm great, Greg. How are you today? I am super thrilled because I have you on my podcast and I am looking really forward to listen to what you are going to explain to me and to my audience. And therefore, in advance, thank you very much for your time.
1: Well, thank you very much. It's an honor to be with you and uh, to share some thoughts with you on
0: uh, the world of experience management. Thank you very much. And for the few people that don't know you, could you please short introduce yourself?
1: Luke Carbone probably started writing articles and doing work in the area of customer experience management and actually thinking about creating experiences that were explicitly designed to create loyalty through emotions and bundling customers to emotions prior to that i was a newspaper reporter many many years ago and then i ended up working in advertising and marketing one of my primary responsibilities was working with the disney organization and from that went into becoming the vice president of marketing for One of our major car rental companies here in the United States, National Car Rental, in Europe, it was known as Eurocar. And from that, began to become interested in the idea that the value that customers receive is the total experience. And that we would worry about products, features, benefits, service. But what we didn't worry about was how we caused customers to feel about themselves and the experience and the whole idea of clues. So, wrote one of the first articles with a co-author, Stephen Heppel, who at the time was the uh, futurist at IBM at the Advanced Business Institute. And we wrote the first paper that talked about experience management back In the late 80s. And then from that, I wrote numerous academic articles and a book called Clued In How to Bring Customers Back Again and Again. And currently run a company called Experience Engineering as a CEO and founder. And I'm also a professor of practice at Michigan State University in a master's program. Which is the very first master's degree offered in customer experience management. And it is a master's degree in MS, Master of Science, in customer experience management. And very thrilled to be part of that program.
0: Incredible career. And dear audience, you heard well, late, late 80s, uh, Lou Carbon already wrote about these topics. Yes, he's a founder of, of customer experience, one of the pioneers of this discipline, and everything we are discussing nowadays is also thanks to, to Lou. And, and I'm super thrilled to have you on this discussion and on this podcast, and we're going to discuss about simplification in total experience management in experience engineering. But before deep diving in this topic, Lou, could you please share with us which, which values drive your life?
1: the values that are driving my life have been the fact that organizations and people that organizations sometimes forget that customers are people and the whole world that we live in is made up of experiences good experiences bad experiences and that we can make a difference in the world By understanding that experiences are about how we cause people to feel about themselves. And organizations are so worried about how customers feel about the organization that they lose sight of how do we cause a customer to feel about themselves, which in turn is how they feel about the company. So it's my belief that the world of branding, which is how do you feel about a company, is in a massive need of transformation to how does my company cause customers to feel about
0: themselves. Thank you, Lou. I, I, I really like that and really this human centricity. And therefore, I'm super thrilled to kick off the discussion with you about simplification. How has the practice of experience management evolved over the years particular in terms of simplification for customer for customer and employees
1: yes I, I actually i believe that we're caught in a cycle that we're spinning our wheels by using old tools that came out of the industrial age and using those tools in the world of experience management and i think it is extraordinarily simpler than what all of the consulting practices and all of the individuals have made it out to be. I think that it's as simple as understanding unconscious thought, what do people desire feeling in a particular experience? How do we create that experience and design it with clues that create that emotional connection? And then how do we determine whether we're making that emotional connection, and what I call emotional congruency. So what's happened is organizations took what were traditional surveys, and what we continue to do is fix broken things. And that is measuring what customers think about. What we have to do is learn and understand how customers think, design the experiences that way. It's the difference between let's take a Ferrari and what we're doing is inhaling the exhaust and trying to fix what comes out of the back of the engine when we really need to be worrying about the engine and the fuel that we put into the engine. So customer experience has been based on inhaling fumes and trying to correct things that are broken versus how do we design them properly to begin with, so they run like a fine-tuned engine. And that is what becomes so critical, is that I think that that's a major shift that is required to move from what we would call current best practices to the next practices in the world of experience management, moving out of the industrial age, which is Dealing with something doesn't function right. How do we fix it? To how do we design this experience, which is not a product, but it's it's multifaceted. It's multi-sensory. It has organic clues. It has mechanic clues. It has functional clues. How do we
0: manage those clues in that experience? As you're speaking about clues. Could you please explain what is what is that, and how how can we understand what's behind that? So, what's behind it is we can
1: only take in data information as humans through our senses. What we see, hear, smell, taste, and touch. So we take that information in, and then there are functional clues. So let's take a, uh, a hot cup of coffee for example. If I order a hot cup of coffee. I want it to be hot. I want it to taste right. Those are what I would call functional clues. Now, I go into a a place to get my cup of coffee, and there are mechanic clues, which is what is the mug like? What does it smell like? What is uh, the—there is nothing greater than— the choreography around making espresso, the sounds, all of those things that come with it. Those are all what I would call mechanic clues. And then there are the humanic clues, how I present the cup of coffee to you, how I speak to you, my gestures. I can offer you a cup of coffee and just slam it down on the counter, or I can pick it up and hand it to you in such a way that It's an honor to provide you with this beverage. And those would be humanic clues, what I say, how I say it, what my gestures are. And those are the three basic categories of clues that exist in human experience. And what we're dealing with is human experience, ultimately. It's my relationship with my wife. It's my relationship with my children. It's human behavior and it's understanding that experience management is all about neuroscience and psychology. It is a wonderful thing we've learned about neuroscience and psychology in terms of how the brain works, how we make emotional decisions before we even know that we made a decision and then create an intellectual alibi for the decision that we make.
0: It's, it's it's really really interesting and i really like this way of trying to understand from different point of views how customer how human beings are feeling smelling hearing everything about this mango of coffee or the product or the service that it share you are speaking about clue consciousness how does it relate to to simplifying business customer interactions
1: there's a Tool that we've developed over the years, which is actually Clue Scan. And it's the ability for either your own employees <clears throat> to view an experience through the eyes of the customer or to have customers view the experience in terms of clues and signals and to categorize those and actually build what we would call <clears throat> an inventory of clues. Clues that are negative, clues that are commoditized, and you would expect them anywhere, and clues that are distinctive and unique that become what we would call signature clues. So the way that I hand you a cup of coffee might be a signature clue versus just throwing down on the counter. In work that we've done with an Asian food chain the reverence that we pay in presenting the food, and a slight bow as we present it, these are all signals and clues that we process unconsciously that cause us to feel a certain way. So when we talk about clue consciousness, it's how do we create an organization that becomes aware of the subtleties, the details, how an organization like a bank presents a chair to a customer. I could walk over and bring my customer to a workstation, point to the chair, or I could take the chair and put a double pat on the back of the chair and offer the chair. Feels very, very different. It's the subtleties in an experience. When we become clue conscious, we become aware of the subtleties that affect how it causes people to feel about themselves.
0: Thank you, Lou. It's it's really incredible the the power of the words that you are using and and how you're explaining that and making that understandable for us. I think I would have two additional questions, however, trying to take care of of the time. Can you explain how total experience management and experience engineering think that you develop facilitates simplification in customer experience?
1: Yes. When we talk about total experience management, we're talking about the entire experience, that there's a distinct aspect of the way that people approach experiences that is still very siloed. We think of the internet experience and the online experience, the bricks-and-mortar experience. When we're talking about an experience in total, We also begin to segment people and develop personas. What we end up doing is forgetting what makes people the same. What's the pattern recognition? We get so caught up in what makes people different that we lose sight of what makes people the same. What are the human needs that we have? And unless we meet that base level of experience design, the next level is then cultural aspects and then individualizing the experience. But most organizations start out by segmenting right away versus what is it that's a common thing across all people. And I think that even if we look at the geopolitical situation in the world, we tend to look at what makes people different versus what is it about us that's the same. And I think that it's human nature to try to understand what makes people different versus what it is that makes people human and the same.
0: Uh, It's really, really interesting. And and basically, what you're saying is, Let's find what it's in common for everybody, for our customers. Fix that, bring them on the road, and that's worked pre- pretty well or well. And then try to in- improve that for the different segments of the people. And you mentioned at the beginning something really interesting: fixing broken things. How does how is it possible? How can we simplify experiences? And how are you explaining that that Simplifying experiences and bringing these right experiences or total experience management to to to, to for the for the com- for employees for uh, customers to companies, it's the basic, it's the foundation for a company success. And perhaps you have a, an example that you can share.
1: Yes, I think that what becomes crucial is what we call an experience motif. Just as there's an architectural design around Roman columns and Greek columns, and you can distinguish the two, what are the emotions that will distinguish the experience that I'm trying to create? So often, i hear people talk about an emotional need that customers have, which is to feel valued. And what we know is that unconsciously feeling valued put a price on who I am. Feeling significant is a human need. So if I love my wife, having her feel significant, what are the clues that cause her feel significant? After a wonderful meal is prepared, acknowledgement, bringing her a gift, unexpected flowers it's human experience that we're talking about. And when we think of those clues and those signals and how we want to create that emotional connection, it comes very easy to concentrate on the fuel going in versus the exhaust. Otherwise, if I'm oblivious and I start to fix the process and the process is coming home for dinner versus acknowledging the fact that This is a wonderful dinner that my pasta carbonara was extraordinary. If I can't praise my wife and discuss the beauty of what she's presented, I'm not creating a relationship. So what we're talking about is literally building emotional relationships with customers by understanding how they want to feel and how we create that emotional connection through the details, through subtleties in an experience. And what we see people doing is basically fixing processes
0: versus designing by the heart versus by the process. It is something like a tweetable moment, designing by art and not by processes. You are in, in the experience management since a lot of years. And you wrote the first articles in the in the eighties. Uh, what advice would you give to CX leader about implementing simplification in their experience management strategies?
1: Yeah, I think that I would recommend that everyone takes a step back and examine what they're doing. And Are we overcomplicating and overspending on things that we've always done before, expecting a different? result. We need to step back and understand that we've moved out of the industrial age and that we're in the age of experience where neuroscience, psychology, and design are fused to create emotional bonds with our customers. And I believe that most CX people, what we fall into is the trap of doing what everyone else has done forever and expecting different results. And the other thing is, is if we don't think about it differently, we will end up with the homogeneity of experience, that if everyone is doing the same thing, looking at the same data, looking and reading the exhaust with surveys and tools that just look at the exhaust and say, there's this part of carbon, this part of uh, carbon monoxide, three parts of this, four parts of that, and let's try to fix it. What we are doing is literally doing what we've always done. And that's very different than what the world of experience management is about. It's about emotional connection. It's about how we build that emotional connection as well as the process. And what we do is we build a process and then try to add emotion. What we have to do is start with the heart and work backwards. And the heart begins in our unconscious mind. And we deal a lot with understanding unconscious frameworks that people have, so that when we think of a hotel room, the unconscious framework is that of a container. (laughs) A container represents safety, and our home is a container. So there are certain basic frameworks that unconsciously we look the world through. And even the way that we look at maintaining storage on a computer is a container. Because a container is about what we let in and what we keep out. So this idea of a container, when we think of the Earth, we think of the Earth as having the sky, which is infinite, but we think of it as a container. When we wrap a child, we wrap a child in a what they call swaddling clothing. It's in the Bible. It's how we actually wrap a child nice and tight because there's a feeling that comes with security of being in a container. So when we begin to understand those unconscious frameworks, what are the emotions that we feel when we recognize that? We feel secure, we feel safe, we feel protected. And then what are the clues that reinforce that? So in a hotel room, if I see a lock that has actually been repaired, and it's, you know, I see the screws put in again, and it's like it's been broken into, my sense of security in that container, that simple clue, leaves me unconsciously uneasy.
0: That that's true. That's that's really great examples that that you are sharing, and not really from only business point of view, but also from our lives with babies. And and the the example that 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 you shared with us in ten years from now, we are back on the CX Goalkeeper podcast. What we are discussing about? I'm sorry, I had trouble hearing the the question, Craig. In uh, 10 years from now, we are back on the CX Schoolkeeper podcast. What we yes. are you going to discuss?
1: 10 years from now, we'll no longer be talking about brand. We'll be talking about a company's reason for being. 10 years from now, we will no longer be talking about customer centricity. We'll be talking about being customer driven. 10 years from now, we'll be talking about Emotional congruency versus simple survey tools and, and and metrics. In fact, NPS will be replaced probably by what we call emotional congruency, because what we're trying to get at with NPS is how emotionally bonded are you to the experience? And emotional congruency is: Am I creating the emotions that you desire? And then I'll be willing to talk to someone else about it. It's the cause versus the the effect. How do we begin to work with the cause of what leads net promoter versus would you recommend me? How do we create that bond and measure that bond versus the again, it's the fumes from the experience versus the actual experience creating that bond. If I create the bond, I'll get the fuel, which is basically a referral or a reason for repeating the business. So, you know, I'm I'm much more into the fuel that goes into the engine than the exhaust. And I think that we're caught up in the entire industry is exhaust and process and not the fuel that goes into the engine.
0: Thank you very much Lou. I would have hundreds of additional questions, but ensuring to keep the time that we that we agreed, the last two questions for you. What's the best way to contact you?
1: At lcarbon at expeng.com. That is the business number or business email or at the university which is carbon Very simple to remember, like carbonara, carbon twenty-six at
0: msu.edu. Thank you very much. And I will share all the contact details also in the show notes for the audience to make it easy to to contact you. Now we are coming to the last questions. Is Lou golden nugget? It's something that we discussed or something new to leave to the audience? I hope that people in CX uh, often feel
1: very, very frustrated in the jobs that they have. And often I hear what I would call a lot of whining, not as in liquor, but whining as in complaining, that no one understands. No one understands. There's a wine list, actually, of all the different whinings I've heard over the years. No one understands what I do. The CEO doesn't understand. Other departments don't cooperate. And I think that it's because we're doing what we've always done. We're not invigorating organizations with new thoughts, new stimuli. What we keep doing is banging our head against the wall, doing what we've always done and expecting something different. We need to become evangelists for change, evangelists for understanding that it's about human experience. That's the business we're all in that every product, every service comes with human experience. How we deal with that, how we actually manage that, we need to become evangelists for change. Otherwise, we're doing what we've always done and we're banging our heads against the wall. I think it was Einstein who said the definition of insanity is doing what you've always done but expecting a different result.
0: Thank you very much, Lou, for this golden nugget and for this discussion, and in particular for sharing all all your thoughts together with us. And to the audience, you will find all the information, also the books and some articles from Lou in in the show notes. Lou, please stay with me. To the audience, it's everything for today. I hope that you enjoyed this discussion as much as I did. It was incredible to have the opportunity to speak with Lou Carbon. Thank you very much and bye-bye. Thank you. If you enjoyed this episode, please share the word of mouth. Subscribe it, share it. Until the next episode, please don't forget, we are not in a B2B or B2C business. We are in a human-to-human environment. Thank you.